it's not every episode I have my guest dancing and singing in the virtual attic, but today that's happening. It's your boy. I'm extra fired up today. The nonprofit sector connector, top of the roof, you know, below the roof, under the roof, in the attic, above the second floor, you know, we're coming at you from my attic. Oh, 15, 16 months in the attic, I guess. 23 episodes of the show here. Super fired up. Uh, extra caffeine, maybe that's what it is, but I'm also just excited because Aaron Dynan is joining me in the attic. I don't even usually mention the guest that early, but I'm just fired up. Aaron and I have been texting and and kind of emailing and social media-ing, if that's actually a verb, and I'm just fired up about today's show. Um, I'm fired up about this program. I'm fired about fired up about what nonprofits do. You know this. I'm passionate about this sector. I call myself the nonprofit sector connector. Each and every day, nonprofits impact our world in ways we can't even imagine. And I always say, if it wasn't for these nonprofits and their incredible leadership and teams, who does this work, right? Who does the work? I say it probably doesn't get done. So my answer to the question or the problem of the challenge is philanthropy and focus. What is the question, problem, challenge, Tommy D, you might say, I would say it to me. And I talk to me like that. So let me ask him, Tommy D, what is the problem? Well, here it is, kid. Nonprofits go overlooked, often underfunded and unrecognized for the incredible work, the incredible impact that they're making. And that makes me a little cranky. So here's what the answer, philanthropy and focus. Each and every Friday, at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I bring another executive leader of a nonprofit organization. I also bring the Long Island Railroad because it's right next to the attic and it likes to pop in every so often for a meeting with us. But I bring an executive leader. Sometimes it's the CEO. Sometimes it's the executive director. Sometimes it's the founder and executive director. And today we have the founding executive director of One Sandwich at a Time, Erin Dyan, who will be talking to me this morning and telling me about her story, the story of this organization. We always talk about the history of the organization, right? But we talk about the background of the individual, of the leader. Why are they involved in advocacy? Why are they involved in nonprofit? What drew them to this point and their story? I love that. It's all about stories for me. I was thinking on my way up to the attic. It is two flights of stairs, so I could do some thinking while I do it. But on the walk up to the attic this morning, I was thinking, you know, I, people say, I, I'm a visual person. Like, I like to see things. I like to, well, I am, certainly. I love to see things, but I also love stories because I think stories or what tells us how things work. Stories are what makes an impact, and it's where we can connect. And last week after the show, I read a story about One Sandwich at a Time, and and Aaron, and I put on, if you didn't see the video yet, text me, I'll get it to you. 95 degrees in the attic, and I put on a red velvet coat. So fashionista, not my thing. I'm more of a Maxinista, shout out TJ Maxx. I don't think they're going to sponsor the show. But I had the red velvet jacket on and I read the story of one sandwich at a time. I think because I read most of it, I think I hit on most of the points, but today Erin is going to really tell us the story about how she came to founding this organization, what impact this organization makes, and then really what the future of the organization is going to be. So I'm going to read something even before Erin comes into the conversation. One sandwich at a time is a nonprofit organization with a mission to combat hunger and homelessness through what? Volunteerism kindness, compassion, and our two hands. It is the simple action of making a sandwich that creates a ripple effect of change. I talk about the ripple effect in my everyday life. I talk about, I feel like I go around the world with a bucket of pebbles and just keep flicking them 
into the ponds. And what is the ripple effect? And that's just, that's not about me. It's what is the ripple effect of the connections that are made through my world? What is the ripple effect of a nonprofit connecting with another nonprofit? Because their missions are complementary and they might be able to help, help each other out. So it's about that ripple effect. Here to go on from what they talk about, we organize and run sandwich making events where volunteers join together to make anywhere from 100 to 10 thousand sandwiches for local shelters, soup kitchens, food pantries, and those who are living on the street. Look, I don't understand some, some things. I don't understand most things, to be honest with you. There's like a small thing, group of things I actually do get. But what I, what I think about sometimes, and, and uh, I was texting Erin uh, in the chat room here on the Zoom saying, I just watched a video that she had done a number of years back with Anderson Cooper and a comment that she made really stuck with me because I just happened to be a guy who was born on Long Island to a middle-class family, private high school, the whole thing. Both my parents work blue collar, the whole deal. Right. But they grinded it out. But why was I born here and not born somewhere else? Or why was I born in the situation that I was born into and the opportunity where somebody else just wasn't, you know, we see a lot of pictures on TV, photographs of, of the other side of the world, third world countries where people don't have anything. They don't have clean water. So I never really understood much of that. You know, why I'm where I am, don't get me wrong. I feel blessed and I'm appreciative and great, grateful for it. But I don't know what, why that sort of happens. I think it's kind of just a lottery, right? It's just a, you know, middle-aged white guy living alone. That's the story I know. And I'm trying to learn about other stories. So Aaron, why don't you come off mute? Let me get out of my own way and, and let you say hello. And then I want to tell people who you are. But Aaron Dynan, founding executive director, one sandwich at a time. Welcome to the show. Welcome to my attic, man. Thank you, Tommy. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to have you here. You know, I noticed, you know, I know you're in New York, but I noticed as I was listening to some interviews this morning that you don't really have like a Brooklyn accent or a Long Island accent or New York City accent. So let me give, let me give everybody a, a bit of a frame of reference. Erin's from Chicago. She went to Auburn University College, graduate school at Harvard University, and moved to New York City to pursue photography. And sort of had an epiphany, and I'll let you, you know, as, as however you're comfortable in telling that story today, but had an epiphany that you wanted to, you know, you, you just were looking for an answer on how to really serve and how to make the biggest impact. And then there's this story about Grand Central Station, and you're running late, and you hadn't had breakfast. Why don't we, why don't you tell me first, advocacy-wise, humanitarian, what, what, what drew you to social services work what drew you to care and and make an impact and then let's go to grand central station at some point not not really physically i don't leave the attic but you know (laughs) thanks tommy thank you so much for for that description i mean it's it's thank you for your support and um i am excited to share my story i usually sum it up by saying i was running through grand central to catch a train um, but I will give you a little more background of the story. So I had moved to New York. I'm not from New York. And a lot of people, when I speak, they're like, where are you from? Because we moved. I say I'm from Chicago in a short answer, but uh, my father was in the Navy and he was a pilot. So we moved around um, quite often growing up. So Florida, Colorado, Georgia, Chicago, and now my family's down south. So I moved to New York and I... I was pursuing uh, photography and I was pursuing the arts and I was working um, and any job that I could to survive in New York. I was a nanny, which was actually really great. And um, any, any job that I could. And 
I, I loved the art world and I was very lucky to be able to exhibit some of my works from my travels abroad. And uh, one day I had a conversation with my sister and I said, I was telling her about the, the high rates of homelessness that I, I passed on the streets in New York and, and a few conversations that I had with people who were living on the streets and how powerful those conversations were. And I, I just felt something in my heart that I wanted to do something that could address the misconceptions that surround homelessness, because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding and misconceptions. And I, I think it triggers a lot in us also. Um, and I, I think a lot of times people want to help, but they don't quite know how to. And at the same time, we were going through a personal uh, family crisis. My mother's uh, was, um, uh, her health, she was having health uh, issues, which she's okay now, thankfully. And um, it, was, it was a challenging time. And I was here in New York and I said a prayer one night and I said, okay, God, I, how can I, with my sister's advice, she said, why not use your camera as a tool for change? Because I was sort of tired of the art world. And so I sort of said an open-ended prayer and I asked for guidance of how I could use my camera and my short time here on earth to make a difference, to help, to help create a positive impact and also to, to, to take my mind off of everything that was happening in my personal life and really just realizing how precious our, our life is. So shortly after um, I was coming home from an art show. So I was living up in Westchester and I had to catch the Metro North train, the last ones at one in the morning. And I was really hungry. So I purchased a sandwich and I'm running to catch the train. I had to catch it or else I'd be sleeping at Grand Central train station. And uh, I made eye contact with a man who, um, he was hungry, I presumed he was homeless. And it was such a powerful moment because we actually didn't even speak to one another. My sandwich was cut in half and I, I gave him half my sandwich. And the look in his eyes, and this was nearly 10 years ago, I can still picture it to this day. And I always say, I think that that man was the answer to my prayers because I recognized that okay, here I am struggling myself to try to survive in New York, but at least I can help someone make it to his or her next meal with my own two hands. I could use what I have. So I began packing sandwiches with me and giving them to people on the street. So that's wait, 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 wait. What does that mean? You began packing sandwiches. Like, what? <laughs> but first of all, I'm touched. I have a million different questions. We'll try to get to at least 900,000 of them in the next hour. But like, first of all, thank you. Honestly, like, Let's not get all mushy. We'll probably cry before the show's over, but let's kind of hold off on that. But thank you for the impact you're making because it is a ripple effect. And while you change that one individual, but I was watching a video last night and it was, I don't know how, and this is the universe, right? I'm messing around on YouTube or Instagram or something and a video popped up where this gentleman is, is homeless and he's having a conversation with somebody who's, who's taking just a video conversation, right? And he's, just kind of had some bad luck, like made a mistake or two and, you know, came out of prison and I mean, made a mistake or two, like possession of some drugs, like a little bit of drugs, like for personal use, like, no, sorry if that offends you guys, but people use drugs and you shouldn't, you know, your life shouldn't end because of that. But, um, sorry, gang, I love you all. Thank you for listening. I didn't mean to be rude to my people, but the point is, this man is, he, he's, he's out of prison and he can't get a job and he can't get housing. So, I'm going to now I'm, I'm going to get angry and stuff. And where's the humanity? Like, wh what are we talking about? Like, how do you, you know, I walk through New York city and I, I don't know, I don't have all the answers, but 
it's not right that <laughs> somebody should be eating in a fancy restaurant having a hundred and fifty dollar steak and another man the same age who looks just like him except maybe hasn't had a shave in a few days and you know is dressed differently is eating out of a garbage pail. What the what are we doing? I almost had a bad word on my show. Like what are we doing, gang? Like what are exactly are we doing on this planet? Aaron, you looked at this man's face and you saw the humanity and you made an impact. But maybe you'd say that the impact was even deeper on what was made the impact on you because you, you took that and created this movement, right? And and you start carrying these sandwiches around with you. What does that mean? Like a bunch of peanut butter and jelly in your bag? Like how, what's that look like logistically? Right. I mean, and, and that's actually the sandwich sort of represented that. Not only was it a, a, a meal and provided nourishment, but it was humanity. It was saying, hey, you know what? I realized that we are all connected. We are, we've just had different trials. We've just had different uh, challenges in life, but we're all, I say we're all here to help one another. We're all brothers and sisters in this life. So I started packing uh, PB and J sandwiches and wrapping them individually and bringing them out onto the street. And I would give them to, whenever I had a sandwich, I'd give it to anyone who wanted a sandwich, who was hungry. Um, And just a recognition to let them know that they're seen and cared for and I think we say the sandwich provides hope um, for, for that, to exit that cycle and to let them know that they're cared about and seen. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, we're going to go to a quick break in a second, but right before we go to a break, I'll tell you all a quick story. A couple weeks ago, I don't talk about my kids all that much in the show, certainly not by name, but one of my boys um, had done a, an incredible act for a, a schoolmate. And I said to him, um, Thank you. He's 10. I said, thank you for doing that. It's incredible. I love you for that. I said, why'd you do that? He goes, he goes, you know, dad, I see you doing all this stuff to help people. And I thought that's what we're supposed to do. So that's it, Aaron. That's what we're supposed to do. It's hope. It's humanity. It is philanthropy and focus. Aaron Dining is with me in the attic. I got to go cry because I'm a big mush and I will see you guys. I'll see you all in two minutes. Join us back in the attic theme song coming up. We'll be right back. See you in two minutes. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Inning. 
After innings, I discussed the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. All right, now it is a command. I decided today I'm going to say it's a command. Every Friday morning, join me in my attic. Don't come up the stairs. Join me virtually in the attic. Check out the show. I don't know if I said this in the first segment. Veronica Finley, the Center for Great Expectations. I met Veronica. I'm the nonprofit sector connector, right? That's it. So I hang out and connect people. I met Veronica through a national networking organization that I run with my buddy Michael Goldberg called The Networking Group. I meet Veronica. Her uh, colleague, Tim Cummings, is coming onto the show uh, September 17th to talk about their organization, the Center for Great Expectations. They do incredible work for, for young women um, who are going through different challenges. And she says to me, Tommy D, I love what you're doing. You need to meet Erin and get her on the show. And as they say, the rest is history. But what's the ripple effect, right? What is it? What's the ripple effect of that? What's the ripple effect of Erin and I hanging out? And where does that all go? And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk more about how you might be able to make an impact. I'm thinking team building, man. I'm thinking if you work for a company like, and you're trying to really get your people together and get passionate about something, I think it makes sense to bring Erin and her team in and you make, I don't know, 15,000 sandwiches or something like that. What a freaking impact that is, man. All right. We close that last part of the show. I was getting mushy. I talk about, you know, I inspired my own kid to do this work. And this isn't me going out and doing do most of it. Yeah, I do some volunteer stuff, but it's amplifying the message of nonprofit organizations. And that's what we do here. So Aaron, let's talk, just, just jump off mute when you're ready. Come on. Let's talk about, we set the stage. We talked about what this organization, kind of the genesis of the organization, but what does it look like every day? Like what is, talk to me about some stories, you know, anecdotal stuff, how, how you've impacted individuals, maybe some collaboration with other organizations. Just tell me the stories. That's what sells, man. I want to hear the stories. <laughs> Thank you, Tommy. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, the power of, and I, I always say, I, I feel like I could speak about this forever, that the, the pow- power of that ripple effect and taking that first step and to see where it goes. And even some days I love just entertaining myself and thinking back uh, with you know, knowing this person like Veronica, meeting Veronica, and here I am now. And it's so fascinating to see how it can trace back with just the, just the word of mouth, the power of word of mouth. And that's how we've grown. I mean, we're still a very grassroots organization and with this amazing community of volunteers and our board members and, and the companies and schools that we work with. It is, it's, it's changed my life. It's, it's changed the way that I view life and, and the world. And, you know, so basically when we, we started, I just started telling people about my, my sandwich project. I had no idea 
uh, that this would become a nonprofit. I did not intend for it to be, to be 100% honest. It didn't cross my mind. I'm more of like the dreamer type. So I was like, I'm going to create a photojournalism project or an art show regarding uh, homelessness and hunger in, in our country and really in the world. And uh, my dear friend, George, we were um, having a beer one night, just like my, uh, I had a professor who said, all good ideas start over a beer. So I was telling him about my sandwich project and he said, you know, you should make this a nonprofit. And he's like, let's call it one sandwich at a time. And we always do. And I was like, that's cheesy. <laughs> so George, thank you, George, <laughs> for naming the organization. And, and we just started telling people about it. So then we started one friend said, hey, I've got a kitchen that we, commercial kitchen that we can make sandwiches in. We started making these sandwich, having these sandwich making events. We played music. Once I asked, um, this man was playing the saxophone on the subway platform and he was so great. And I asked him, I, I just went up to him and I said, hey, would you like to play at our charity event? And he was like, okay. So no, and we're still friends. And he and his, he brought his band and, and we had music and and we made hundreds of sandwiches. And And then what happened was, those volunteers then, some went to their companies or their schools or they told their families about it. And all of a sudden we were getting calls from, from uh, companies here in Manhattan, all around the metro area, from schools, from churches, temples, asking if they, they could host a sandwich making event. And just from that, you know, fast forward years later, we've been able to provide, I, gosh, I need to uh, tally it, but it's, it's over half a million meals and sandwiches to New Yorkers in need, and it's it's just incredible to see that. So that's yeah. incredible, ha gang. Listen up. I don't know if you caught that one. Let me underscore it for you: half a million meals to to people hungry. Um, you know, not to sound silly or, or trite, but it sucks being hungry, right? Like it sucks being hungry. Like I, I <laughs> you know, like when people, oh, I'm I'm starving, and I go, no, you're not. <laughs> you have no, we don't have any concept to say I'm starving. You know, like you haven't eaten in four hours. You're hungry. You'd like it. You'd like, you know, a bowl of pasta, but you're not, you're not starving. No, like people actually do that. Like that's actually people's reality. Like they don't know where their next meal is coming from. Right. And maybe I'm preaching to the choir because, you know, the, the people who pay attention to what we're talking about here are keyed in already. No, people actually have it's food insecurity. And it's not just people who live on the street, gang. It's people who are, you know, the working poor, you know, um, uh, moms who don't know where you know moms and dads may maybe who go without so their children can have food i mean it's look we're not going to solve all these problems you know like on a uh you know 1985 sitcom here you know like 30 or 22 minutes with commercials we're not going to solve all the world's problems here but we're going to make we're trying to make an impact so half a million meals given away i want to know aaron when you think about it and i love that this was not supposed to be quote unquote a non-profit well it was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was supposed to be an impact organization. You just, you didn't know that you were going to be the one to create a kind of deal, right? Like that's, you know, we, we, we had, I, I didn't know I was going to host this show. I mean, I went around saying it for two and a half years, but before that I didn't know anything about it, but it, now I have to do it. Like now I want to do it every day of the week, you know? So I'm looking to find ways to actually do this because there are other organizations like yours that are doing great work and I want them on the show to tell their story. So you meant to do this. I'm, I'm going to be a little bit on the universe side. I, that's my game, the universe, like the connections and all that. So you were meant to, to build this thing. What is the, 
what is the big need? Yeah, I know. I just, I, you know what though? You know, I hear you, man. And like somebody said to me, like yesterday, somebody said to me, like, oh, Tommy D, you know, you're, you're doing great work, you know, with the show and whatnot. And I was like, like, I don't, I, I act like I have an ego and all this kind of stuff. Right. But the thing is, it's maybe I'm doing a good thing here because it just tells the story for other organizations, but like, and cool. And I'll take the kudos. That's cool. But I think you are on the front lines and I'm just going to give you the the props, as they say, like you're doing this. So just like appreciate like that and, and know it's so important. What, what are some organizations that like have have reached out where you've been able to do some collaboration or are there organizations that you really feel that somebody listening to the show may have a contact with or I might even that would benefit like I'm all about collaboration like where what have you done there yeah like, thank you that's yeah. a great question I wholeheartedly from my experience believe in partnerships with other nonprofits, with for-profits, with anyone that wants to join our mission because, you know, the end goal is to end hunger and homelessness and for us not even to be around. So yeah. I, 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 we've, we've in, you know, partnered with these on both ends, these incredible companies that have uh, like a few, you know, Morgan Stanley, they're, they're just incredible. Um, Bank of America has has been awesome, and you know the the list the list goes on, and um, we are so grateful for for them. And then we've got these incredible schools as well. We just worked with um, one of my favorite schools to work with, NYC Autism up in Harlem, and we've we've worked with them for the past four years. And I I just adore you know who they are and what they do, and and they make sandwiches every year. And um, we've we've got you know kindergartners making sandwiches and 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 you know we've worked with NYU a few times and uh, it's just for us any type of partnership is is amazing we love partnering with pantries as well to get those sandwiches to the pantries that's sort of how we operate we'll take the sandwiches in bulk and deliver them to a shelter food pantry or soup kitchen and then they'll be able to give those to families in need and there's a few stories about that. Um, with COVID, I'd love to share, but yeah, I want, yeah, I want, I want to hear that, but I, I had a question. God, give me your last thought on that piece. And we, definitely in order to reach that next level, we're always looking for partnership support. We would love to uh, collaborate with a peanut butter, a jelly company, a bread company, a sandwich bag, Ziploc type of company um, to help us continue our mission to provide uh, those meals to people in need. All right, let's pause there for a second because we got, so here's a big ask, right? We're bringing the networking world on. What's your specific ask? So listen up, friends, family, people who listen to my show, networking friends. Do you know somebody in the peanut butter business? <laughs> question I've never asked. That will put that on a list of questions I've never asked in my life. Do you know somebody in the peanut butter business? Do you know somebody in the jelly business, the plastic bag business? Shout out to my friend Heather Edwards, who was on the program a couple weeks ago. They usually give out, the Allied Foundation out on Long Island usually gives out 40 or 50,000 diapers each year. 40 or 50,000. I will be out there at Flexible Systems um, on Tuesday morning because they'll be celebrating in year 2020. They've given away 1 million diapers. Okay, so shout out to Heather. Love you, kid. Love what you're doing out there. But I'm just thinking, I know they have relationships with some of the major 
um, companies in their space. So, you know, this is all collab stuff. This is all like, we got to talk. So Aaron, you got to certainly connect with, um, with Heather because people in need have, have these different needs. Um, and, you know, if I'm not mistaken, and I, I don't think I am, what the thing that Heather shared with me is people on um, public assistance, uh, WIC, um, food stamps, they cannot buy diapers with that with those monies those monies are only for food so again the system might be a little screwed up in the way we set these things up but i think there's probably some sort of collaboration there but what are we looking for peanut butter jelly peanut butter jelly time peanut butter jelly time you didn't know the kid was gonna sing <laughs> so uh peanut butter jelly time in the attic but before we go for a break aaron there's so much to talk about when we come back i want to talk about my favorite words, strategic alliances, collaboration. I want to talk about that because I want to understand this logistical thing, which I think is similar. I think you and Heather are going to get along well too at Allied Foundation because they're like the logistics company. The diapers come in, diapers go out. Sandwiches come in, sandwiches go out. So I think there's some cool overlap there. When we come back, I want you to give me some of that story about what that looks like. And I want to know that little kindergartner who's making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich what is the trajectory, do you think, in his or her life because she, at six years old, is making – like my six-year-old, I will talk to him later today about this. So I, I'm going to ask you like six questions, and then we're going to a break. So this is – welcome to Tommy D's World. So when we come back, let's talk about the logistics of this whole thing, how it shakes out. And I want to know the faces of those little kids when they're making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for somebody else. All right? Sounds good? All right, cool. We got the thumbs up for Merritt. It's your boy, the nonprofit Sagnar Connector, coming at you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, from my attic. I'll see you in two minutes. Bye. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. 
Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That's right. Thank you, Uncle Brendan Levy, for the lyrics. Thank you, the goods, for the music. Shout out to the Queen's Chamber, Brendan Levy, the whole deal. Nonprofits need connections, man, to move in the right directions. My son sings this to me all the time. So cut through all the static. Join your boy in the attic every single Friday morning, 10 a.m. It is story time in the attic. I got the story jacket. I told you about it earlier in the show. During the break, I got the story jacket because Aaron and I were texting in the chat here or chatting in the text or we were sending each other little messages with words. So it's story time. <laughs> New segment on the show, apparently. Aaron, we were talking about stories right before we went to break. Join me back in the attic. Let's do it. Let's talk story time. I, I picture these kids. You said the New York City School for Autism, I believe, up in Harlem, right? Or New York City Autism, NYC Autism, you said? Yeah. So I love collab. I love bringing people together. I love when, when there's, you know, two plus two is some number much higher than four. So it, at least in networking and collaboration, I know in math, it still is four. Um, so I know that part, gang. I knew it was four. Don't correct me. So Aaron, tell me the story. What is the impact of these young people when they're, when they're involved with your organization? Yeah, thanks, Tommy. So yeah, school events are um, one of our types of sandwich making events, and they are pretty popular. And I think it's because we come to the school. It's super fun, easy way for the students to make a difference. The school events are my most favorite. Um, one of my most favorite is because you get to not only can you engage and be a kid again and, and see the, the like the creativity, you're reminded of, of our youth and what's ahead of them. And when they make a sandwich for them, that moment when they recognize that they can create a difference and, and speaking with them about the difference that they're making and how maybe there's children their own age that that sandwich will go to, that maybe they, they haven't had breakfast that day or you know lunch at school is their only meal of the day. So when they're able to see that impact, then you know we're completing our mission. That's what I say. There's a story that I... Um, love to share. There's a school we worked with on the Upper West Side a few years back, small classroom. So we, they made about 100 sandwiches, and then we took the subway down together to Holy Apostles. The children went with you? Yeah. What, with, like, what, what, what is it, like, just, like, the, the, the impact, obvious, but, but the, the, the neurons, now I'm not a neuroscientist, you probably knew that already, but I'm not. So what the, the things, the pathways that are being created when you with your own little six-year-old hands make a sandwich and then you get on the subway and then you actually go through this act, it's yeah. imprinting things. I'll, I'll, again, I'm not, I'm not, not a neuroscientist, but I know people. And now that changes, in my opinion, the trajectory of that young person's life. Now there's somebody who will who will come back to service, I think, through their life and they realize it. So what's that look like? You're on the subway. Where were you going? You going to the pantry? 
Yep. So we were headed to, in Chelsea, there's this amazing church and uh, soup kitchen called Holy Apostles Soup Kitchen. They serve hundreds of meals every day, hot meals. Um, they've got social services. I adore them. They're awesome. So we took the subway down there together. And what was cool was the students actually got to stand in the food pantry, the soup kitchen line, and hand their sandwiches to someone. And shortly after, Tommy, it was incredible because one of the mothers of, of the students, she actually reached out to me and she said, I, I want to thank you for giving my daughter this opportunity. That night at dinner, she told us that her new goal in life is to end hunger. And I'm getting the chills even uh, say. I do too. How old? This is a kindergartner or? This was, she was, um, I think first grade. So seven, six, seven. But like, where does that kid who becomes a woman one day, like, yeah. like where is it? So, you, you know, I don't usually get try to get out too personal, but one of my daughters um, has something going on at school and she's um, playing the role of uh, Princess Diana. And I didn't know a whole lot about Princess Diana, but my other daughter had done this for years ago. And listening to my daughter give the speech practicing yesterday about Princess Diana and how the impact that that woman made on this planet. Now I, you know, I, I wonder what that does for my daughter just to see you know this it, it from a charitable perspective how it changed just that the royal family and how at least from what i'm learning how it how they impacted the world and how they looked at charity um what is this young seven-year-old <clears throat> who's going to be a, a 27 and a 37 and a 47 year old woman one day like what how have you changed her life you have you just know it right you have to and that's you at grand central station splitting a meal with some other human being. That's all it is. This is just the ripple. What's the ripple effect of, of you reaching out to the universe of God, to whatever it is for somebody and saying, I need a sign. I want to make a change. I want to make an impact. And yes, you made an impact on one man's life that night, but 500,000 meals. Come on, Aaron dining. What are we talking about here, man? Freaking dig it. I freaking dig it. My wife told me not to say freaking on the show anymore. I freaking dig it. So give me another story. Hit me with another story. All right. So now this is one of my favorite stories also. I actually shared it last week um, in the group I'm with Veronica. And and uh, I just, I adore sharing this story. So that was on the, so the, this story with the, the young student, um, this was on the volunteer side. So here's another story of someone who's received our sandwiches. So there, years ago, we were bringing sandwiches to the Bowery Mission. They're another organization I'm sure everyone knows. They are awesome. I adore them. We've brought them probably tens of, probably hundreds of thousands of sandwiches. Um, and we headed to the mission. The men's shelter has a chapel next door. So I was with my friend Joe, and we, we popped into the chapel, which I always love to do. And there was a man standing there, and we just started speaking to him. And his name was Carl, is Carl. And he shared his story. He had been homeless for over 30 years, Tommy. He had a, a, a difficult life, a difficult childhood. He ended up on the streets and he had um, a, a substance abuse issues and he nearly overdosed and doctors revived him and they looked at him and they said, you know, Carl, you are a miracle. It's a miracle that you're alive. So that moment, because he speaks about what he saw during the time and, and he realized that he got a second chance at life. And I'll never forget, gave the chills again. He looked at me and my friend Joe and he said, you know, guys, I've got only the clothes on my back, but I'm the richest man alive. He said, I've been given a second chance at life. 
every day I feel like I'm walking on clouds. And you know, Tommy, to this day, he is a dear friend. He volunteers with us, so he's on the other end now. He has a job, an apartment. He's back with his wife, and he is he's grabbed hold of his life, and he is someone that who I admire greatly. And there are Carls out there. It just takes someone to believe in them, to help them, to give them that helping hand or that first inch of hope. I think that's, again, the ripple effect. So Why, why isn't that the right move? Aaron, like, you know, to, to reach out and help Carl. And now, look, I'm not being negative and pessimistic. I know there are plenty of us out there doing the right thing philanthropically. But I just don't know if enough of us are doing the right thing. You know, to, you, know you reach out and, and you make this connection with Carl, and now he's making an incredible impact on other people, right? Yeah. But you, you don't make this move. You don't reach out. You don't, you know, and not to just make this about Aaron, because I know you don't want it to be about you, Aaron, but – but the, but it is, it's, it's, you had this sense, you know, you said there's something here for me. There's a bigger thing. I want to, you know, whether it be a, a coffee table book, and this is my words, not yours, a coffee table book on pictures of uh, photographs of, of what the, the situation looks like. And maybe if that hasn't happened yet, maybe there is a thing and maybe we should talk about it and like, <laughs> like make that actually, cause that sounds like a cool idea that all the money goes to, you know, uh, one sandwich at a time or other organizations like that. So maybe you're already thinking of it. If not, um, maybe we should, but the, but that's not what you did. You ended up forming a nonprofit organization and, and I, we're going to just keep talking ripple effect. Cause like now it's, it's that kind of special. I challenge people listening to the show, just go do something for somebody else. Like just over, over the weekend like, that you wouldn't normally do like about, um, about a month and a half ago, I took one of my daughters to, um, a pantry. And I just had some stuff that something to drop off. So we dropped it off. And my daughter says, um, I, I always like whenever I take them to places like that, let's let's look around. Let's have them take us on a tour. I want to know about everything. Right. So I said, what do you guys need here? And they said, well, we need really need pasta and we need rice. So I've, I've told the story on the show before, but we we go to the supermarket. We spend like 80 bucks. Right. Like, no big deal, but a couple bucks. Right. But, you know, you can get a lot of rice and pasta for 80 bucks. And we're just like, I basically took my arm. If you're listening and not watching, I just kind of dragged my arm like a clothesline in wrestling and just poured the rice and pasta into the basket. And what my daughter said, Aaron, she goes, she was daddy. That made me feel so good. Eight years old. That made me feel so good. So what's the impact of, of these little, and I'm not doing it. I'm not telling you guys this because it's about me. So what? So I did that. No, I'm telling you to maybe inspire you because if everybody went out this weekend and did something similar to that, that's the ripple effect. That's the whole thing. Um, Aaron, I, it, it happens to me each and every week. We go fast on the show and we, and I won't, when we come back, I really need to understand your big vision for this organization, because that to me as somebody who's a visionary and as I like to look into the future, um, if we know where you want to go, perhaps my people can help you get there or make an impact or make an introduction. So when we come back, I want to know how big this thing gets, what the next steps are for the organization and anything upcoming that, that we can be involved with who you want to meet. I know we got peanut butter jelly time. So we need peanut butter. We need jelly. We need baggies. Um, I mean, that seems so easy to me, that one. Like, honestly, maybe it's a little cocky, but that seems easy. Like, maybe just make a couple phone calls. But I want to know where we're going. So I have a lot more questions. So we're going to – let's take a quick break again. Will you come back? <laughs> okay, good. All right, good. Well, I want you guys to come back too. Aaron and I will still be here. We'll be back in like one or two minutes. 
when we do come back, it's going to be about the vision of this organization, where it goes. And then I want to figure out how we can hook up with some peanut butter and jelly companies all singing aside. All right, cool. Aaron will be right back in the attic with Tommy D. I might lose the coat. It's hot in the attic, but (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you guys in two minutes. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. That's right. That's your job. My job is to talk, say a lot of funny things, and amplify the message of nonprofit organizations. Your job is to show up and meet me in the attic every Friday at 10 a.m. or listen on talkradio.nyc after the show or go to the Facebook. I call it the Facebook. That's what he used to call it in the movie, the Facebook, the Facebook. Go to the Facebook, uh, Talking Alternative Broadcasting. Want to do one quick shout out. If you're not, if you're only listening, I will mention this, but this is Rise Life Services, a client of my firm, the Vanguard Insurance Agency. It's Charles Evdos and his team. They were featured in uh, Long Island Press. Um, Charlie, a couple things. First of all, we got to get you on the show and congratulations on the mention. They actually did some really cool stuff, Aaron, around, um, you know, around food insecurity out of Long Island in the Riverhead area, you know, during the pandemic and, and also during regular times, actually. So, Charlie, hey, hello, everybody at Rise. Thank you for all you do. And then um, I actually, you should probably know Aaron, but we'll work that all out. All right. So, Aaron, come back off of mute. We had more stories. I actually got to tell you the truth. There was landscapers outside, so I had to shut the windows. At the same time, I put a heavy velvet jacket on in June. So the jacket's gone, guys, but it's still story time with Tommy and Aaron. Maybe that's a show. Story time with Tommy and Aaron. Or Aaron and Tommy. I don't know. All right. All right. That's fine. Whatever you want. It's your choice. All right. So let's see. What do we got? Let's go more stories. So there's a story you wanted to share about the pantry. And I obviously want to know 
what, last 15 months had to be even more challenging than regular times for you and some of the folks you deal with. Yes, um, and I will try to sum it all up. So, yeah, last you know 15 months, it was incredibly, and it's difficult for the entire world, um, what we saw on our end. So we could not congregate together. We're just slowly getting back into in-person events. Um, but at the same time that we couldn't get together, food insecurity increased drastically. With it. And what's very sad is, is when, when you see students who are now um, taking classes from home, oftentimes their schools were their main source of meals. And that, and that gets me emotional, but that, um, you know, to, to, to meet these families. So there's a, there's a story of a pantry that I love sharing and I adore what they do. They're down in Brooklyn um, called Holding Hands Ministries. And this gentleman who runs this pantry, uh, his name is Joel. So they serve every Saturday and they've got, they're in the parking lot of a church and they serve pre-COVID, they were serving about 300 families every Saturday. Once COVID hit, Tommy, they once reached uh, seven, close to 1,700 families on a Saturday. And when Joel- So let's, let, let me pause you. 300 yeah. under normal, quote unquote, whatever that is, normal circumstances, normal typical times on a Saturday. And based on COVID, 1,400 additional. So it's, it's like 5X of what they were, were doing, yeah. which means to me, now you have a capacity issue, right? Now I need more stuff. I got more, I have more demand. I need more supply, right? Exactly. And so Joel told us the story that he, because these numbers were new to him. So there was uh, one day they didn't think that they had enough food to, and these families were waiting for hours. And I will never forget. He said they were waiting as if it were their job. And what we did was we put out a call to action to our community and um, a volunteer of ours who we had never met. Actually, it was a sister of another volunteer of ours. She reached out and she said, you know, me and my husband, they um, operate a residential building here in Manhattan. They posted signs in this beautiful building saying, hey, we're we're uh, using our lobby as a, a space for people to donate food. So, Tommy, they have provided we just went last week. We've been once every few weeks. We'll head down there with carloads of non-perishable items, diapers, baby formula, sandwiches from our volunteers. And then we'll head down to Joel and, and bring these this food and to see people that we've never met. We don't know these people. I mean, we met Sherry and Angela once. They're amazing. But all the other people in the building who who donate food and they're using their lobby space, we've never met. We probably will never meet, but they, they're they used, they're doing what they can to help. And so that uh, ripple effect again. A hundred, a hundred percent. And that's, you know what, like I got a little cranky in earlier segments of today's show, but, but, but I know there are good people out there and I know there are people that are making an impact. And I love that they make an impact and nobody knows about it. You know, they put their, they're on the way, they're hustling back into their building and they drop seven cans in, in the box in the lobby or whatever. And thank you for that. Thank you for making that impact. Not everybody has the means to do, not everybody has the capacity to set up something at their, at their business where they can make 150, 200 or a thousand sandwiches. Not everybody can do that. Um, shout out to Joel. Would look forward to meeting you. Would love to have you on the attic to tell the story. Okay. So you're welcome here. Erin will make that connection if she wants to. Um, but I would welcome it. Um, trying to figure out how to do the show 250 times a year instead of 50. So going to need a lot more guests. Um, but uh, with the amount of uh, the total addressable market of nonprofit organizations, um, I, I'm going to be at the show for a bunch of years, even at 250 a, a year. So what, what was COVID 
was it, you know, when you think in terms of now I'm going to bring together a whole bunch of people and have them make sandwiches, right? When it's a time when we're not even allowed to be within six feet of each other, like that's yeah. challenging, right? Yeah. So we, we, last week we didn't, we had an outdoor event um, with high school students. So that was great socially distanced. But what was really cool, Tommy, was to our, our sandwich making events in person stop our corporate events, our school events, our own public events. But a, a volunteer of ours, Cynthia, who is the person who connected us to Sherry and Angelo, she, uh, she gave me a great idea. She said, Hey, I, I'm, my husband and I are going to make a hundred sandwiches. Can, you know, I picked them up. I brought them to a pantry that was in need. So she, she said, why not you create this challenge on social media? So we called it the 100 PB and J challenge. And just from individuals and families and uh, parents with their kids at home reaching out to us, half of them I've never met. So wait, wait. So they go. So like me and my four kids and my wife, you just yeah. see this post on social media. So we just make a hundred sandwiches, right? And I like challenge my gang in the neighborhood here, and I'm like, dude, make a hundred sandwiches. If you're gonna be a pain yeah. in the neck, I'll buy the bread and the peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> whatever, right? Like, and so tell, what did that turn into? That's I, I wish I knew about it. So let's do it again. But yeah. like, what? So what did that? Like, what was that? How many? Yeah, it was incredible. So they reached out to us because we have to abide by food safety regulations. So we, we created a one pager, which detailed everything. We paired them with a pantry. Um, we had a lot of volunteers in Long Island and we, they, these individuals have, gosh, they have with each family making a hundred sandwiches, we've been able to provide, I would say close to 20,000 sandwiches. And when you do the math on that, it's so incredible to see because once again, it brings you back to why we're all here to help one another. And, you know, just to touch upon what you said a few minutes ago is what I, I myself, you know, we get lost in the stress of the world in our own lives and fears and, and, you know, our own issues. But whenever, you know, we're out there doing what we do and, it, you know, I encourage people help someone make a sandwich, all of a sudden life, I always say it makes sense again of why we're here to help one another. And to see that with the 100 PB&J challenge, it's been incredible. I, I love that. And, you know, I get a little arrogant and bold on my show sometimes. So I, I feel myself about to do it again. So let's just call it out. So I want to do that. I want to do one of those with you. I want to figure out a way to do it where we can. You said that a lot of people on Long Island were involved. And that's my wheelhouse. That's where I am. So I'd love to do that. And I'd love to maybe do it with my... Um, my friend Shannon Boyle will be on the show. Um, when will Shannon be on the show? From New Ground out here in Long Island. So, hey, Shannon. Uh, Shannon's going to be on the show in October. Um, is that right? October 15th. Shannon will be here in the attic with me. Um, so so that is, um, maybe we can hook up the three of us and do a thing where, like, we make, a, I get a bunch of people make sandwiches and we hook them up with uh with new ground, if that's something she has the capacity to, to take on and handle. Let's talk about that. Before we, before we bring this show to a close, to a crescendo, and we're moving on, what's the future? Tell me the future of this organization, Aaron, and you have to come back to the attic, but let's, <laughs> tell me that now. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah, this went quickly. There's so many more stories to share. Um, so, you know, looking here in New York, this is mainly where we are, the New York metro area. We are always looking for volunteers, uh, we are, we need help to grow. So we're always, we need grant writer. We need a social media expert because I don't quite always know what I'm doing. Um, we really just need to help spread the word so we can grow. And, you know, the long-term future, we have a mission that's so easy to replicate around the, the country because food insecurity is everywhere. 
I'm hoping that we can create one sandwich at a time chapters around the nation. Say that again. Say it again. Say it loud and proud, Aaron Dining. What are you going to do? One sandwich at a time chapters around the country. We need something hands. I love it. So we need a lot of hands. Two hands create one world. Is that how it is? Am I screwing it up now? Is it yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Two hands create one world. Look, chapters across the country. I don't think that's a big deal because there's certainly the need for it. And if we get enough people fired up about doing this, let's play around with that. Let's talk about it. What does she need though? She needs a grant writer, social media expert. Reach out to me or reach out to Aaron. If you have those resources, Aaron, every single fourth Thursday of the month, I wanted to say every single Friday, because that's this show. Every single fourth Thursday of the month, I have a nonprofit executive leadership round table. If you are a nonprofit executive leader gang, plug in with me, Tommy D at philanthropy and focus, focus P-H-O-C-U-S, or Tommy D dot NYC on the Instagram. Just get me that way and we'll get you hooked in. But Aaron, there's so much resources there. So we need to take that conversation yeah. offline. Let's talk into next week. Aaron, how do they get in touch with you real quick? And then I got to bring us home. Yes, so we're pretty easy to find. It's all spelled out one O-N-E sandwich at a time. So one sandwich at a time.org, one sandwich at a time at Gmail, hashtag one sandwich at a time on all our social media. So we're pretty easy to find. I have had such a special conversation with you. I thank you for being here. I do need to just kind of get this thing to a close because my buddy Steve Fry comes up right after this. It's always Friday. He's cleaning his sunglasses. He's getting ready. Our friend Suzanne Taylor King is going to be on the show. Stay tuned on the network for that. Jeremiah Fox, Entrepreneurial Web. Joseph Franklin McElroy rounds off our four block of great shows here on the network. Talk Radio that NYC. I want to close with this. What I want to tell you, oh, next week, I have to tell you, Beth Buckheister will be here in the attic with me. Beth founded Career Day, Inc., Career Days in Schools, an incredible organization, probably something we should talk about. In fact, I might put you on a spot, Aaron, and ask you to speak at one of those career days because I think your story is super impactful. So I, I, I got a little bold and took advantage of our relationship there, but I, I, I would love it if you'd do that for me. Um, here's, I did, there is one last thing I want to read. I didn't read it when, you, when I introduced you originally here, but this is something words to live by. Certainly your organization does. Margaret Mead, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. I'm Tommy D coming at you from the attic. Philanthropy and Focus. See you every Friday morning. Aaron, I appreciate you and I appreciate your organization. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Tommy. Thank you, everyone. You Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. 
Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 